of the game over the love of money. We got a wonderful, wonderful guest. Stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. See you soon. From grade school to high school. From high school to college. From college to the league. And it doesn't stop there. And a nice move, Scott Suggs. What if I told you that there was nothing impossible for those who believe? For those who believe in their dreams. Who believe in themselves. And who believe in truth. We're here to show you the way to the life you've always wanted. This is IGI. This is IGI. This is IGI. This is How to Be a Pro. Boogie, what's up, man? It's good to see you. How you holding it down out there in Greece, bro? Holding it down well, man. Enjoying our last little bit of time out here. And obviously always excited for every Sunday to get on and introduce a very special guest today. Yes, very, very special guest. We got to jump right into it because our guest got a lot of things to do, got a lot of places yes. to go, got a lot of people to see because he is one of the top trainers in the world. And we want to talk about today, how do I keep the love of the game over the love of money? If you haven't seen our previous episodes, we've been going through a series where we talked about how do I even become a pro? What does it mean to be a pro? How do I become an all-star? Interviewed a couple of all-stars. How do I get from the G League to the NBA? Interviewed uh, Trey Burke last, you know, last week when we had our great topic and we talked about uh, other things as well. How do I guarantee to have a successful career as a pro? These are topics that we want to help our mentees understand. You got to go into being a professional. You have to have a plan. You have to have a vision. You have to have a purpose. And that's why we're here at In God's Limits, how to be a pro. We want you guys to have the best tools that you need, you know, to get your career started. And that's why our slogan and our model is imagine what you could accomplish if fear wasn't an option. So Scott Boogie, Without further ado, let me introduce the man of the hour. Bring him this on. man has been, a, yeah, you, you you know this man a lot. He's helped you a lot of your career. You got a backstory with him. Uh, I'm super excited. I'm super excited. Uh, I want to jump in because he has he has to go for not too long. But he was a St. Louis champion, a Belmont grad. Right, went to Belmont. Belmont always known for up upsetting people. And you never every yeah. time you see NCAA, they upset somebody. It's just like man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after college, you know, played really well in college, had a good career. After college is when he really excelled. You know, you were telling me he founded Pure Sweat Company, the basketball and training company, while in college. And they tried NCAA, being NCAA. Said, no, you can't Try put the logo it. like that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Didn't let him do that. Uh, but he founded this with skills, uh, with the training company, with skills coaches all across the country. And it's had people actually branch out to actually develop their own you know, and, and come from underneath his tree, basically. So some of the players that he's trained, Zach Levine, uh, Andrew Wiggins, Brad Bill, Joel Embiid, uh, yourself, right? Scott Boogie, uh, Jason Tatum, Jordan Clarkson, Kelly Oubre, among others. And he's helped them get to the highest level, but we want to talk to him today about how does he keep them motivated and inspired? How does he stay motivated and inspired himself? So without further ado, we want to welcome in 
the great one, Mr. Drew Anlin. Hey. Drew, what's up, man? How you doing? What's going on? I, I just want to know how big time I need to be to get my own cartoon like you guys had at the beginning. So uh, <laughs> that's my new goal. My new goal is uh, I got I got to get big time enough so that I can get my own uh, cartoon. So, man. Hey, well, you you got you can have multiple cartoons with how big time you are. So let's put you right <laughs> here in the main topic. Let me move myself over here. There we go. There we go. How you doing, man? Appreciate you coming on here. Yeah, no doubt. No, it's uh, I'm I'm having a good night. I'm I'm actually in St. Louis, so I'm I'm with my family. We we're watching Jason, you know, follow up a sixty point night the other night with mm. yeah, four at half when I jumped on here. So hopefully he can become the first Celtic to have back to back fifty pieces, but. Um, you know, mm. it's, been, it's been fun for me just to watch all the guys, uh, you know, take a, a big leap forward this year. And, um, you know, Joel Embiid was MVP favorite until, you know, he went down with a knee injury. We'll probably end up finishing yep. runner up. Uh, Brad fighting for a scoring championship right now. Him and Steph are neck and neck. And Zach Levine being an all-star for the first time. And it's fun. You know, I've got four of the top nine scorers in the NBA and yes. all of them I've been with either since you know, Brad and Jason when they were 13 and, and Zach and Joel before they ever played an NBA game. So for me, I love being a small part of the process, but to see those guys, you know, all their hard work pay off. It's, it's just, uh, you know, it's one of those feelings as a skills coach, you feel like a proud parent almost, you know, and so, yes. uh, yes. that's where I'm at. I'm a, I'm a proud dad right now and uh, <laughs> just enjoying uh, seeing all these guys succeed. See, that's huge though. And I'm gonna let Scott take the first question, but I want to touch into that is because the reason why we're talking about it today is because you spend so much time with your trainer and you get so much time talking about more than just the game, right? What are we gonna do with our life? You get these, I'm spending more of my time here, a lot of times in the gym with my trainer than a lot of times with my friends or sometimes, you know, parents in the morning and night, but like a lot of my life is developed in here. Like, what am I gonna do moving forward? What's my career gonna look like? How can I, and it's like a confidant that I can go to somebody and, you know, uh, hey, I need to talk to you about this, man. Because every, you know, the summer, the summer, the summer process is real. So, uh, Scott Boogie, once you lead us out, man, I know you got more history than I do with with the great one. So you go ahead, man. <laughs> no, we just wanted to again here. We're just we're trying to dive into the mindset of of individuals so we can help people that are coming up now learn what it takes to be a pro. Not just like oh, you got to make a whole bunch of shots. Like what is this real things that it takes? So for you becoming this top NBA skills trainer, obviously having the, the background in basketball, playing at a high level. Um, kind of what, how did you start uh, Pure Sweat? First of all, what was your vision for that? How, how were you able to continue playing in high school and have the foresight to be like, you know, I'm, I'm going to start a company to do training. How did you, how did you do that? So to be honest with you, it started by chance. Uh, you know, the, the real story is my, before my junior year in high school, I was working out at uh, Veta Hampshire. Uh, which, mm -hmm. you know, is basically now called the St. Louis Sports Center. And the mm -hmm. reason I was even working there was let's take it back even a step further. I wanted to be a, a referee. So I had a car that did not start if, uh, you know, it was too cold out, if it rained or if it snowed, like it wouldn't start. It was like 180,000 <laughs> miles on it. So obviously I was like, I can't be like one of the best players in Missouri and, you know, this, this <laughs> high school hot shot. And then like, <laughs> You know, pick up a girl on a on a like you know on a Friday night. Like my car doesn't start because the weather is cooperating. So I really I was like I was trying to find a job that would allow me to kind of make some money uh, outside of all the practice and training that I was doing mm -hmm. you know, my college career. And so I found out referees made eighteen dollars an hour. 
So I was mm. like, $18 an hour when you're 16 years old is like a million dollars, you know? So yes. I went up and I tried to become a referee and the guy was like, um, He's like, listen, you know, you have to have credentials. And I said, I promise you I can do a better job than some of these refs that blow the call during my game. <laughs> I guarantee you that's exactly what Drew said. I did, I did. And I, I told him, I said, I promise you. I said, I, I, the refs trip all the time. They miss calls. I, I'm a better ref. I know the game better. And he said, you have to have some credentials. He said, why do you want to referee so bad? I said, you know, $18 an hour will help me buy a new car that can start, you know, so I can get to the gym and so that I also mm -hmm. don't. Uh, look bad if I'm, I'm out on a date with somebody. So he says, hey, listen, why don't you start coaching my son's team? He's tired of listening to dad's voice. And, uh, you know, you're one of the best players in Missouri. He, they look up to you. They would love to have you be kind of a mentor to them. So mm -hmm. I kind of was like, man, 18 bucks an hour is 18 bucks an hour. And I got to be on the basketball court, you know, which was something I loved. So I started, mm -hmm. you know, running their practices. And all we did was I taught him how to play. We didn't run any plays, yeah. we didn't run an offense, we didn't run a defense. I was like, hey, listen, y'all are sixth graders. My only job and my only responsibility is to help you on and off the court. You know, yeah. on the court, help you with the skills that will eventually allow you to be successful at the upper levels. And off the court, help you with the mentality, help you with uh, just making sure that you do all the other things, making sure that you're disciplined, making sure that you're taking mm -hmm. care of your grades, making sure that you're staying out of trouble. So that if you are fortunate enough to become good enough to play college basketball, you don't ruin those opportunities with, uh, you know, stupid mistakes off the court. And so I did that. And by chance, um, you know, one of the parents saw me working out at Veta Hampshire and came over and said, hey, listen, I've never seen somebody work as hard as I just watched you work. He said, can mm -hmm. I pay you 20 bucks to put my son through that exact workout? Wow. So here I am, a businessman. I said, hey, $2 pay raise. I'm done with my coaching career. <laughs> All right. And so really, I started working out Matt Baker, who was the first uh, kid that I helped. And, and he started, you know, seeing a lot of success. I continued to work with those sixth graders. And then um, I started working out Brad Beal. And uh, that was mm -hmm. my kind of rise as Brad took off. I took off. Brad was he averaged eight points a game as a freshman, so was already, yep. you know, skilled player. Because anytime you, if you're a freshman on varsity, you have some talent. You yes, yep. hard to get to that point. Uh, you know, his mom had taught him how to shoot. But I, I that that summer we worked out, and um, he took off. And he he worked out yeah. with. Me. So that's what people don't realize. He actually worked out with me. It wasn't like I was just training him. It was like we were at the time working out together. Wow. But I was teaching him stuff. And I remember his second game of the sophomore year, he scored I think 15 yeah. points. Yeah, and never seen like, that. what did you do this summer? So, <laughs> uh, you know, Brad had given me a lot of credit. You know, he had obviously lifted weights with his brothers to improve his body, grown a few inches, already had a good foundation. But his jump really allowed people to say, oh, wow, like we need to give Drew a this guy. And yeah. so I started working out him. I started working out, uh, you know, I, I started these academies. I would do them Monday and Wednesday and Tuesday and Thursdays. And uh, I hustled. I had 96 kids sign up um you know Ooh. for these training sessions when i was a junior in high school and wow. you know that was like where i was like wow like i'm wow. i'm making a good amount of money but more importantly i'm helping a good amount of kids like i'm helping a yeah. lot of players really understand what it takes to uh, you know give themselves the best possible chance and mm -hmm. um then I, I then after that i wrote a book my junior in high school a drill book and i started wow. selling i went to kinko's you know, FedEx Kinko's. And I, I told them, I, I lied to them. I said, hey, I got a school project and I need to print out 500 <laughs> copies of my school project. So they gave me wow. a huge They gave them to me for $2 a book. 
I went and sold them for $25 a book. So then I go, after I sold out the 500, I went back and I said, hey, my school project, I need some more. They're like, I have a feeling this isn't a school project. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're the first time working at that. Yeah, so so I ended up up selling 5,000 books uh, over the the course of my high school career. And, uh, you know, then when I was in college, I started working out guys uh, like Scott, who was, you know, playing college basketball, a lot of other um, really good college basketball players. John Jenkins, who was an All-American at Vanderbilt. Played him in college. You know, was yeah. a first-round pick at Vanderbilt. And then I got my big breakthrough, David Lee. Um, I started mm-hmm. working out when I was in college. And so, really? funny, story, funny story about David. So, David, um, you know, I'm out in Phoenix for David's opening day game. And this is in 2011. Okay. He's an all-star at this point, I think, He's right? an all-star, right? And so, yes, I'm working yes. with him. And um, in 2011, we go. Steph Curry signs his four-year, $44 million deal, which I know became like the biggest bargain contract. But at the time, he was excited because he had had some ankle problems and disappeared. Mm-hmm. That yeah. amount of money back then was huge. And so he spoiled us by taking us to Cheesecake Factory. You know, I mean, uh, that was the place <laughs> that we wanted to celebrate. So we go to Cheesecake Factory and David goes, hey, we should go to Drew's uh, game. He's playing against your brother to open the season mm-hmm. in 2012. And uh, our 2011, 2012 season. And and uh, Steph goes, I didn't know you coached. And he goes, uh, David goes, no, no, no. He plays at Belmont. And Steph looked at him <laughs> and goes, why are you listening to a mid-major player? Like, why are you trusting a mid-major player with your game? And David said something that gave me a lot of confidence. He said, listen, Phil Jackson couldn't beat Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant in one-on-one. But Phil Jackson mm. made those guys better versions of themselves. Mm. And he said, Drew can't beat me in one-on-one. Drew's not better at basketball than me, but he makes me better at basketball, and that's all that matters. And for me at the time, I was a young guy that, you know, I was I was working my butt off. I was studying film. Uh, yeah. I watched every single possession for eight seasons, every single made field goal. So that's wow. over a million field goals. Organize them into, like, I think at the time it was like 1,200 categories. Now it's over 2,000 categories that I have on my, my film edits. But I was doing that because I was trying to make up that knowledge gap because I didn't have experience. Mm. And Scott mm-hmm. will tell you, when I first started training, we would do a lot of the two ball drills. We would do a lot of stuff yep. that was here on YouTube and, and and Twitter. But then I realized that the best way to help players was to basically find out what they were gonna do in games and then get them really, really good at that stuff. And the only mm-hmm. way that I knew how to teach the game was to learn the game. And so yeah. I was driving around the country trying to pick the brains of all these great basketball minds. Anytime there was a clinic anywhere within eight hours, that had keynote speakers, I would make sure I would drive there so I could ask you know, them questions, take them out to lunch, take them out to dinner. Um, and then I also got reps. I would train, you know, if I sit, like even today, it's funny because nowadays people are like, oh, well now you're too big time. Today I was I was working out a couple guys that, um, you know, were our pre-draft uh, guys. Yeah. And there were, there was a kid, there were two kids that one of them was 13, one of them was a sophomore in high school. So I guess he's maybe 15 or 16. They were on the other end. And after I worked out my guys, I went down there and started, you know, tweaking their shots and stuff like that. (laughs) And one of the guys is like, does he always do this to my video guy? And he goes, yeah. He goes, Drew doesn't care if you are somebody that just picked up the basketball for the first time or somebody that is, you know, an NBA all-star. He's going to treat you the same because all he cares about is helping people. And so the thing that I love about your guys' podcast is and show, it's all about helping people. And, Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, I don't love the game of basketball like I loved the game of basketball back when I started playing, when I picked up the ball mm-hmm. for the first time. But I love helping people more than ever. And so mm-hmm. to me, basketball just happens to be that vehicle to allow me to help mm-hmm. a lot of people. 
And it's so powerful. I, I'm so thankful that you explained all of that because that's literally the topic that we're talking about today is yep. how do I keep that love of the game? And you just talked about it. Like you've worked out all-stars. You, you've gotten validation from MVP, future MVPs and, you know, guys of these nature. Because, I, I mean, you know, Joel Embiid this year probably is going to be MVP, I believe. So I think so. And then, you know, being there, the be, even at the beginning of your time, you know, being there with David Lee, at that time was like huge to, to keep you going. You don't have this type of drive to go watch 2000, what would you say? How many, what was the 2000 categories? It, yeah, 2000, now it is. It was like 1200 categories and it was, uh, you know, I went through over a million possessions. I went through every made field goal from every game in the NBA for, it was eight straight seasons. You don't do that without having a drive and a passion to want to get better. So what I want to ask is like for you, you know, going forward, how do you keep that drive now that you've been that you've been successful with people and that you've gotten prosperity and resources? How do you keep that drive moving forward? Yeah, I think I think the big thing that I always say is you got to find something that energizes you. And and you know, at the beginning of uh, you know at the beginning of anybody's career, they might be uh, you know something that might energize them is you know being ranked highly, or it might money might be a motivator, or changing your family's life might be a motivation or that's what we were you know, talking about your, too <laughs> makes your parents you know where they don't have to work ever again or nice things or i mean there's a ton of things that can energize you and motivate you but i think the thing is you have to make sure that you continue to find things that motivate you and energize you and i think that's where a lot of players go wrong so let me give you an example there's a lot of players that maybe uh the, the love of the game starts to fizzle out a little bit maybe it becomes a job because sometimes i mean it is a job for these guys you know they're spending you know, eight hours a day in the summer, whether when that when you include basketball training, shooting mm -hmm. at night, weightlifting, cardio, rehab, uh, you know, and then and then you got other things. You might have yoga that day. You might have film stuff. You might have media obligations. And so what you have to do is you have to find a, kind of a, a purpose to attach your mission to. And, and it can change over time. Mm -hmm. I think at the beginning yeah. of my career, one thing that motivated me was that I knew that I could help a lot of players, but I wasn't getting those opportunities because I didn't have the name recognition. And so yeah. that was what motivated me was I got to get, I got to have, I got to be able to prove my worth so that people start giving me opportunities that, that I deserve. Then mm -hmm. after I started getting those opportunities, you know, I appreciated all the blessings that, that I had received, you know, by, through that hard work. But then I said, okay, what's next? And I said, you know what? The next thing is how can I, you know, help other trainers so that they don't have to yeah. go through and struggles and do that. And then, and then it became something that became bigger than basketball where I said, Hey, listen, if I can help a player improve a player's skills, that's, that's valuable. But if I can help change a player's life, that's wow. real gold. And so what I, what I always tell people, I joke around, I say, I have three jobs. My first job is a skills trainer. That's me helping them improve their games, improve it. That's what most people give me credit for is the on-court improvement. The second job is I'm like their therapist. I'm their mentor, yeah. their therapist, their brother at times, their father at times. I mean, and again, it, I'm just, whatever they need, I've got to be that person. I'm the rock because they trust me with the second most valuable thing in their life, which is their game. The only thing that's more valuable than their game in their life is usually themselves slash their family, you know, whatever you want to put that in the boat. Like I always say that you're part of your family. So like yes. family's yeah. the most important thing. Like their life is their most important thing. Their basketball game is their second most important thing. And so I said, if they trust me with their second most important thing, man, imagine if I can take that next step where they trust me with their most important thing, their life. 
you know? And so that's what I've done, you know, and Scott knows this, like it, it's, you become family with these people if you truly care about yeah. them. And I think that's been my secret sauce is I truly care about them. And to finish, the third thing I always say is I'm the photographer because when we're out to eat, <laughs> fans come up to me and look at me and I'll be like, yeah, I know you want a picture. I'll take the picture. So, those, are my, those are my three roles. I'm the, I'm the, uh, the skills coach. I'm the, uh, I'm the life coach. And, and I'm the photographer when uh, their fans need pictures with them. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think you have to play. I, I think that people don't realize, too, that most slumps on the court start off the court. Yeah, and, and a lot of yeah, yeah. and a lot of things that happen on the court leak off the court as well. They go hand mm -hmm. in hand. You know, if somebody's struggling with their game, they're probably struggling in life. And if somebody's struggling with life, they're probably struggling with their game. And so you have to be able to truly help somebody. You have to be able to help them with both their game and their life. And you know, I, I I've changed my opinion on what a real skills coach is because it used to be, can you get that guy to be a better basketball player? And now it's can you improve his skills and can you improve his life? Because yes. true success to me, I define true success as inner peace. Like mm, inner peace is to me success because mm -hmm. I know billionaires that are miserable They're and miserable. I know that are broke. That are, that <laughs> You're are flowing, broke. Trey. You're flowing. <laughs> you know, so I, I think that that's the biggest thing is I, I know a lot of these guys that, uh, you know, have celebrity status, that have millions of dollars, that have everything mm -hmm. that everyone wants to have in their yeah. life. Yeah. They yeah. don't have the things that they need in their life. And and that's what I'm trying to give them is the things that they truly need in their life. And and when, you know, I, I've said this in every single podcast that I've ever done, every single show, my grandma gave me the best quote ever. And so mm. my grandma, you know, she was like a walking angel. She actually worked with Mother Teresa. It was like that kind of world. Oh, wow. And mm. she said, listen, Drew, you're never going to have everything you want, but you're always going to have more than you need. And if you remember mm. that, you'll always count your blessings instead of basically, you know, doing the opposite, which is what most people yeah. do, which is, you know, that that strive for more and more and more, which is good. Wow. Not It's not bad to strive for more, but you also have to. Yeah, I always say striving for more is good. Stressing for more is bad. And I think that's a lot of us, you know, a lot of us think about basketball players. There is no such thing as a happy basketball player. Think about this. You got LeBron James, who's the best player uh, in the NBA right now. He is trying to chase the ghost of Michael Jordan. So he wants mm -hmm. more championships. Then you've mm -hmm. got somebody like uh, a Stephen Curry right now who, you know, a lot, you know, Clay Thompson's hurt. They've had some injuries. You know, he's in the what 10th seed right now in the West. He's wishing for help and, and some more help from his teammates. Then you've mm -hmm. got guys you know, like a uh, James Harden and a Giannis MVP guys, they've never they been on the postseason. And so they're mm, yep. all they're thinking about is I've got him. I've got to advance in the postseason Cause that's what I'm going to be judged by. Then you've got yep. guys like KD who's he's stamped. He's a, he's a top 10 all timer when he's, when he retires and he's a guy that, okay, I've never won one where, when it's my team, I've joined a team. Yeah. Then you've got the guys that, you know, are hunting more, more minutes or more playing time or a starting spot. Then you've got the guys that are just trying to hang on. Then you got the guys that are trying to get there. I mean, there is no such thing as somebody that is like, man, my situation is perfect. Yeah. And if there is no such thing as a perfect situation, what we have to do is we have to appreciate the situation we're in while working towards the situation that we want. That's it. And it's so powerful because I want Scott to keep going. So I want to chime in on this because I love what you said about what your grandma said, the inner peace. Yeah. And this is why IGI, we're big on directing people. Before you start this journey, count this cost of what you're doing. Right. Count this cost and understand what this life is about, because if you want to go forward in this, you will not find peace. We know how many guys that have gotten these contracts 
the money the money today is not that big of a deal. There's so much going around that we can go give somebody else this contract. If you this what you want, you can be you can get this now and in three years you'll be gone out the league. That's not it. It's gotta be a reason for why I'm actually here in this platform. Why am I actually playing? Because we just had Drew on the podcast not too long ago and he was able to give away one point four of his check, one point five of his check. You're not doing that unless you have certain things in place already before that. So that's why IGI, I'm so big on helping guys understand what's your purpose actually here in life? What's your assignment? Because this stuff, your 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 passions and stuff is going to change. And that's why I know for you, I've looked and I'm like, there's no way. There's no way he could be doing this that long. First of all, I know athletes. I was one of them. I am one of them. Athletes are hard to work with. Like they're they're they gotta have you gotta have a lot of discipline for um to and patience and love to work with athletes because, you know, a lot of times they just, they don't have a lot. That's why that's I'm, I'm looking at you, I'm like, he really loves this game and I know he expanded. So hearing you say all this is just confirming what I thought from afar. You know what I mean? To just hear it continually is sweet. And I'm just, I'm super duper excited. Yeah. I wanted to ask you one I wanna, question. I want to okay. say one thing though. I want to counter on that because Scott knows this and I will never publicly say this, but there's been a lot of NBA All-Stars that I've kicked out of the gym. And mm. the reason I say that is because the reason that I'm able to keep, you know, the love for what I do and, and the ability to kind of help my guys to the my fullest potential is because I have I, I, I keep my circle small. And when I say it's that, I, too. <laughs> it, it's weird, but like if you think about a boxer and they always say like small circles, like closed knuckles, yes. deliver the biggest blows. And, and so I think the best way to impact a ton of people is by showing them, by living the right way. And I think that that's mm -hmm. something that, you know, there's been a ton of NBA All-Stars that I've even had my interns be like, do you realize, like, you could have had, you know, this year alone, I worked with 10 of the 24 All-Stars at some point in their career. Now, some of them I've never publicized because I only publicize the people that are my full-time clients. Yes. To yes. me, a client is somebody that you've worked with for years and years. Yes. And, you know <laughs> not just somebody you worked out one time and rebounded. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a clout chaser. You know what I mean? There's something that, that's not what I do. But but here's the thing. When I, when I get a player, I want to know, number one, are they a good person? If they're not a good person, I don't want to waste any time of my life with that person. You know, mm. number one, are they a good person? Number two, do they love the game? Because if they don't love the game, there's going to be at some point, there's going to be a plateau or a decline. And then we're going to end up bumping heads and going our separate ways because I am a all in type of guy. Yeah. Number three, do they crave improvement? They've got to want to improve. It can't just be me just constantly telling them, hey, man, we got, you got to want this more. You got to want this more. My job is not to motivate you. My job is to coach you up. And, and so that's number three. And then the last one is, is do they not only accept criticism in coaching, but do they seek it out? Because I think the truly great ones, they constantly are challenging you. And it's, it's awesome. Like I love, yeah. you know, some of my clients, you, you get challenged like RJ Barrett this year. He just yeah. broke the 40% three point mark tonight. Cause he had a good year. So there RJ last year, I was getting, I had to block 500 Knicks fans on Twitter. Oh, yeah. They're <laughs> over there. They're over there telling me, you know, oh, give him his money back. He can't shoot. He sucks. He's never going to be good. We wasted a number three pick. Now, Archie challenged me because he's a lefty. A lot of lefties don't have, they lack the flexibility to have their elbow in a perfect shooting position. So I went and studied baseball pitchers. I went and studied football quarterbacks. I saw Michael Vick. He threw it sidearm. I threw, saw Randy Johnson throw it sidearm. I saw all these trends. 
Then I started talking to therapists and they're like, yeah, a lot of people lack mobility in their left side, right-handies and left-handers. We think it might have something to do with your heart being on the left side, but we don't know. Well, that mm. got me to challenge myself. I had to study all of this just so that I could, you know, move RJ's elbow out. Now he's getting great results. Now Knicks fans and I are best friends again. You know, I got <laughs> funny because every time RJ has a good game, I'll have people like uh, from their, uh, you know, their, uh, their, fake they, account, yeah. their fake Twitter account will say, hey, Drew, just <laughs> if I have to create this Twitter account to follow you, can you please unblock me on my real account? But <laughs> the, the point being, all, all of this, all of this comes down to trust. If I'm telling RJ yeah. to do something that is not, not typical, I said, RJ, move your elbow way out where it looks funny, but it's going to give you more range of motion. If he doesn't trust me, he's not doing ever going to be able to get results. Yeah. And if he doesn't crave improvement, he's not going to care enough to put in the time to get the results. If he's not coachable, then we're not going to be able to pivot when we need to make a change to the tweaks that we've made. And if he doesn't love the game, he's not going to, he's not going to be willing to go through that long process that is going to be stressful because a lot of times, you get worse before you get better. So, mm -hmm. and, and one quote, I'm not going to say the NBA player, but one of the top 10 all-time players in the NBA said something to me one time. We were at Rucker Park, and he said, Drew, just remember this when you're teaching, when you're telling you know, some of your younger athletes and players this. You don't get paid to play the game. You should love the game. You should want to play the game for free. You get paid to deal with everything else that comes around the game. He said, mm. NBA, <laughs> he said NBA players... This is water, Scott, because he's on fire right yeah, now. I'm telling you, man, we got a thousand Dude, off. Dude, it's real. Where is it at? The, the NBA <laughs> players, the reason they get paid millions of dollars, they can't walk down the street without getting bombarded with fans. They can't open up their social media without getting criticism, you know, and praise. They can't go to a dinner without asking, you know, for pictures. They can't live a normal life. They have to do a ton of media obligations. They have to beat up their body. I mean, they have to spend a ton of time away from their family and their kids. They don't get to choose what cities a lot of times they live because when you get drafted, that city chooses you and you don't have a choice on where you live for a good portion of your prime of your life. So that is the reason. That's why you get paid. Mm -hmm. You should play basketball because you love basketball. And and that, to me, when I tell young guys that, it helps them out. I just helped a, a, a younger player that's a very good younger player in the NBA. He's never worked out with me before. And he randomly, he texted me and said, hey, can I jump on a FaceTime with you? I heard that you help a lot of your guys with the mental side. He goes, I'm I'm going through like depression. And he said, I need your help mm. mentally. And I've never worked with him. You know, I met him before, obviously, because we all run the same circles. And so I said, listen, I'm not your skills trainer. I'm not going to try to change your game. I can give you some feedback based on some video stuff, but let's talk. And we started going through some of the life stuff that he was going through. I gave him some advice, but I left him with that quote. And at like, you know, midnight at that night, he, uh, you know, he had texted me and said, man, that quote's still in my head. Just because, again, it's important for people to understand that, like, if basketball gets stressful, now we got a problem. If basketball, yeah. the reason you picked up a basketball in the first place is because you, you love the game. game. You love yeah. the game. And uh, it's amazing how good basketball can be to you if you like scott and i were both in part of this program called first team which was ncaa first team it was initiative so was first team. Yes, I, didn't know that. I didn't know, that. I didn't know, I didn't know he was week. in it until i found out last week when we were doing it the other week that we found yeah. out i was like Again, i was a year i was a couple years younger than you guys though so well, basketball don't let basketball don't let basketball use yeah. you yep and i think that a Duke lot prior. of people <laughs> let basketball use them because they they you know they they stress about basketball they they stress about um, you know, all the things that they should be just be like, like, here's one thing that I say all the time. And it's funny because, again, I don't like putting out names, which is why I'm trying to be generic, just because I want to be I respectful. I appreciate that. Right. That's real. But, That's why you know you're genuine, though. 
But one of my clients was really going through a stressful time. And I said this, this is years ago, and now I've used it with almost every one of my clients has heard this, but they were really stressing out. And I said, let me ask you a question. This player was, let's call it 23, 24 years old. I said, 10 years ago, if you were 13 years old, and I told you that you were going to be on X team, I'm going to leave the team out so they don't know what client, and you were going to be making millions of dollars, you're going to be able to have your mom and dad both retire, you were going to be able to set up your kids, 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 generational money, <laughs> you were going to be a future all-star and a this and that, would you say, what would you say to that if I told your 13-year-old that? And they just started smiling. And I said, stop, right. I don't even want you to answer. That's the answer. You won back 10 years ago, you prayed that you were gonna be in that exact same this situation. Exact so now that you're here, I understand that you wanna strive for more. Again, but don't stress for more. Appreciate the blessings that you one day prayed for. And, and yeah. take that away, because there might be somebody out there listening and say, well, yeah, Coach Drew, well, I don't have the college scholarships or I don't have the millions mm. of dollars and I'm not where I wanna be at. Let me ask you this question. How many people in this world pray for your worst days? When I say that, I mean this. On, on our worst days, we have food, we have clothing, we have people that love us and people that care about us. And if you're stressing because of a game of basketball, we get to play basketball. If you get to play basketball, that means you have shoes. That means you have, you know, right. you do. a gym. I mean, and, just, and again, it's crazy to think about, but I've been able to do a ton of mission trips all over the world. And you see some of these countries and it's like, man, man. if people just really knew that people pray for the things that we take for granted, it's in the grand scheme of things, basketball is just a small part of life. And it's something Man. we get to do. It's not something we have to do. So at, at any point, if it becomes something so stressful that it's it's lowering your inner peace levels, then I would say, hey, go find something else that you love to go do and put your heart to soul do. into that. Scott, I want you to lead us off with the last question. I just wanted to touch on what he was talking about. Drew, I really appreciate all that advice. It is so perfect, so right. Everything is, is good as far as the mentality of why we're doing it. And that's why here at IGI, our biggest thing is helping people understand, hey, what was the reason and the purpose behind why you were actually created? Why did God actually yeah. create you in this situation so that you can actually go to the right place at the right time? You can have the inner peace that you're looking for so that your family can be taken care of and that you have these resources that you're looking for and that you not be working for the resources. That's the biggest thing. It's easier said than done. I could sit here and talk about this and talk about, yeah, you know, you got five million sitting right there. You know, it's just, no, but it's the one thing, another thing to actually prepare and train for that. And that's our biggest thing is we want to help the next generation prepare. We want them to have all the blessings they want. We want them to have all these things. We want them to also have the purpose and the will behind it for their lives, which is what we're focused on here as well. So Scott Boogie, um, you can lead us off. I know it was quick. It was real. Man, we got to just hold yes. on to this stuff because it's so yeah. quick, but he got to yeah. go. Gotta lead us off, man. man. That was probably the most advice in the least amount of time. So we appreciate it, Drew. I know you gotta go, so I won't even ask the last question. I just wanted to touch on um what he said about relationship and, and what he does. Cause Drew is so giving. Like this is just one story. When 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 uh this was many summers ago, uh when I was still in college and Drew was he had just had surgery on his knee and we were working out and he's coming in he's in there early he's got the gym open and ready and he's hobbling around rebounding the basketball with one knee like literally sprinting on one leg getting the ball back to me i'm like this man is crazy like, i feel bad missing i miss i'm like yo i'll get it true i'll get it just, but that's his heart that's his dedication he genuinely wants to help people and i just wanted to touch on what he talked about how 
he, his passion changed. As he got higher and higher and higher, he realized, oh, how can I help people's lives be better? And he gave yeah. back and he created that flow, giving back and not just helping other NBA players, he started helping other trainers. And there's many trainers that could attest to that. We got Alex Bazell who's going off and he's done his own thing. Luke is the guy that's working underneath you now. Um, and Mike Messer, who's got uh, some of his own clients back in St. Louis. So there's plenty of people that will attest to, to Drew's generosity, his genuineness and his, his willingness to give back. And that's just something that I wanted to say, man, thank you for, for for just being you and for giving back and creating those opportunities for so many people. Um, somebody just came to my mind and I thought of it. Uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's giving back to so many people. And, and we just I just want to say thank you. Thank you for coming on this podcast. I know you got to go. We got to let you go eat dinner. But man, that was super powerful um, and really great advice. No, I appreciate it. I, I want to leave with one quote because I think it's great, the audience that you guys have. And then, you know, once we, once you guys give me the audio version of this, I'll share it to my my platforms because I got a ton of kids that, that eat this stuff up. But I think the okay. best advice for somebody that's going through something that where they feel like, you know what, like, yeah, I'm about to give up. And again, giving, I don't think giving up is a bad thing. Some people think giving up is a bad thing. I think giving up on the wrong things is a good thing. But yeah. here's what I would tell you. If you feel like, you know, all right, I'm not anything. Like if you're starting to feel like where you feel depressed, I would just say, remember, there's somebody out there that loves you, somebody out there that supports mm -hmm. you, someone out there that has sacrificed a ton for you. Don't let them down. And I think that's something that most people don't realize is it's bigger than you. There's a ton of people that you don't realize that are cheering for you. There's a ton of people that have sacrificed a ton to help you mm -hmm. get to where you might have an opportunity. And yep. also know that here's the other part of that, though. Just know that those people that are cheering for you, they're going to love you either way. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter whether you succeed yeah, or not. Right. They're going to love you either way because it, it, that that's what they want. But they just, they, they've sacrificed a ton. They, they love you a ton. They support you a ton. And you know what? Either way, those people that truly care for you, they're always going to be there for you. So when, when you have that, all you have is a win-win. You can't lose. And so yep. somebody that might need that, that confidence booster, just remember there's somebody out there that's cheering for you. Some people that that you might not even know that are cheering for you. Like, it's amazing mm. how, you know, I'll pop into random gyms and Suggs and I actually ran into each other in the airport in, I don't know, a little Spain or somewhere. Yeah, I think it was Italy. <laughs> Italy. Milan, wow, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he just walked. I'm like, what are you doing here? And, and, and I tell people this all the time. People ask me, like, what was the most proud moment of your career? And I say, you know, there were so many moments, like when Brad got drafted, you know, seeing him from a 13-year-old to that, yeah. you know, I was like, I remember when he texted me and was like, we did it, bro. And I immediately responded back, no, you did it. But I was like, the fact that he even acknowledged like that I played a part. I, I remember I still have that text screenshot. So there's like moments mm. like that. But one of the coolest moments of my career was actually uh, very similar to Suggs. I was in an airport, I think it was in Spain. And yeah. uh, I'm getting ready to cross over, you know, a lot of those international airports they have where you have the regular security, then you have the US security when you're going back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By cross the regular security, I'm, I'm going to the, you know, the US terminal. And I have a kid that's like literally sprint, full out sprinting. He gets me, Coach Drew. He's like, you don't know me. He's like, but you've responded to some DMs. You've helped me a ton from afar. I've been using your program. He tells me all this about how I've helped him for the last like six, seven years. And he wow. wants to tell me that he finally got this scholarship overseas. So it's not wow. like a US scholarship. And he's still huffing and puffing. He goes, I just <laughs> want to say thank you. And he was like, uh, he, you know, and then he was like, you know, can we get a picture and stuff like that? And I remember I'm flying back. So I, you have, you have a long flight. And I remember the whole flight. I'm thinking about that. And I'm going, here's somebody that I had never met. I had mm -hmm. never known, but 
I had randomly taken the time out of, you know, to respond to some DMs. You know, I try to respond to as many people and help as many people as I can. And for that kid, I changed his life. He he get, he was wow. like, wow, Drew, you changed my life. And the, the point of that story is you don't realize how many people that you can inspire without having any direct kind of acknowledgement. So there might yeah, be somebody yeah. out there that, you know, your little brother might be looking up to you and you don't even realize it. Or your neighbor mm -hmm. might be looking up to you or, you know, or your parent might be you know they might have given up on their dreams and now they're hoping that you they don't you they get yours possible yeah. so you can achieve yours because then they can say you know what i'm glad that i didn't achieve mine because i learned from that and i i poured my heart and soul to help my son or daughter mm -hmm. to achieve theirs so that's what i would say just understand that there's people out there cheering for you there's people out there that have supported you and that have cared for you and love for you and, and have, have sacrificed a ton for you don't let them down and just know that they're gonna love you either way but do everything in your power not to let them down well, we Great appreciate advice. you, Drew. This is this is wonderful advice. Uh, check out Drew on uh, on the social media at Drew Hanley right here. He's we might as well just call this uh, "How to Be a Pro with Scott Suggs, T. Jackson, Drew Hanlon." So he, he, just, he jumped right on. It was so <laughs> right, easy. Know, right? But but please take heed to this, guys. We'll keep this conversation going as Drew gets going. But Drew, we want to thank you so much. I'll definitely keep uh, you know watching from afar, and then hopefully when I run into you down the line in the future. Be great to meet you actually in person but it was wonderful meeting you man thank you again for coming on the podcast it was great 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 hearing from you awesome appreciate y'all be well are right, you too uh, man thanks man sweet that was awesome so we want to keep this conversation going for the next couple about 20 minutes or so um mm -hmm. drew touched on a lot of points now you guys know how we usually have this podcast we usually take more time to talk and, and interact as we're in it, right? But Drew had, you know, obligation. He took the time period to actually spend with us and talk with us, which we appreciate, you know what I mean? A lot of guys usually wouldn't do that at that particular point in time. But I want to break down some of the things that he talked about. And obviously yeah. we're going to go into more detail in our give and go section. But some of the main things that he talked about that I really want to talk about, because today we're talking about how do I keep the love of the game over the love of money throughout this time. I want to break down uh, some of the things that he talked about as far as the dreaming again, right? When it's age 13, 14 versus when yes. you go up. I want to talk about the opportunity to not necessarily control certain things. That's one of the biggest things that pros deal with is, and I can't control certain things. I can't control this, I can't control. I want to talk about that, right? And the last thing I want to talk about is heart. I want to talk about his heart and his willingness to adapt and to change as each part of his career expanded. There's no way Drew would have got to this level as he would have stayed here if he would have just kept, had the same mindset. Uh, shout out to Dr. Anthony Roman. I learned that from him, him being a trainer. He was telling us from the jump what his vision was, what his purpose was, what the things was. I mean, one thing he always told me was training was not meant to make money from you're not going to just make money from it. The whole point of it is, is to actually help and give back. And obviously, Drew got this. And as a result, he's been able to sustain himself and work, receive or earn income at a higher level than most trainers do probably because of how much he helps. And he talked about that. So, Scott Boogie, the first part, talking about dreaming again, me and you talked about this a lot. So one of the biggest issues people deal with when they start off their career is, I want to start to get my parents out, and especially people that look like us. 
right? Yeah. People that look like us, that look like with our color skin, right? And they call it black people, right? This is what they yeah. say. And there's only a few, couple ways out. Hoop, you know, rap, sell drugs. And the hoop can be, yeah. you know, intertwined with, with play ball, football, whatever the case may be. But it's one of them ways. And it's limited to those type of ways. And so what happens is we have this drive and this mindset. So then we're going through our career, right? And we get to that point. We get to that point, we get successful, and then what? Yeah. You get, well, I'm not even say successful. You get prosperous, right? You help people on the way you do, but you get the prosperity to help the way you want. But then what? So I want to jump back into that 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 13 year old stuff that he was talking about. Yes, it's a great start. Is it a motivation? No problem. Have that motivation, right? But you got to understand what to use it for, especially when you're dealing with money. We talked about this before, last uh, two two episodes ago. Money is not loyal at all. No. Money is not loyal. Hey, I don't listen to him, but. You need to go. When you think of money, think of that 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 song. This money ain't loyal. I just changed the words of it from Chris Brown. You ain't gonna say what he said. <laughs> but the whole point. <laughs> but the whole point of it is not loyal. So if I'm going after this thing, if I'm going after, you know, this money just to go through my life, I'm going to get to that stage where all this stress, all these things that I'm going here is going to build up. Because I didn't come in with the actual purpose of this position in the first place, right? So let's mm-hmm. let's dive a little bit into that, Scott Boogie, and you know, just hear your perspectives on that from your angle as well. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, with him, you mean just him starting off like with his, with the, his purpose? Just being that as- kid, just being that kid, you know, to those kids out there that, again, we get taught the only way to get out is through this. Right, mm-hmm. the only way, this is what you need to go. This is your drive, this is your motivation. This comes down to motivation and inspiration. We'll dive more into this. Mm-hmm. But just talking about, you know, the balance of that, how to use that properly. It's not It's not a bad thing to have. Sometimes it can help you get out of some real situations. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not, but it just can't be, it can't be the fullness of everything. It can't be, yeah. it can't be, you know what I mean? I think Drew touched on that a little bit on how he talked about where his motivation was, where he started and where it is now and how it was changing. And uh, we talk about it here on, on becoming. And yes. when, you, when you're, fo- yeah. So when you're, when you're focusing on becoming, becoming the best that you, and Drew even said this, I think, becoming the best version of yourself. He said, how can I help these players not just become the best players, but the best version of themselves. Version of themselves. Yes. Yes. So that's what we that's what we want our focus to be. And your dad, if you haven't seen the podcast where we talk about uh, Trayvon's Trayvon's dad, the great Jim Jackson, oh yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about what this. What is the NBA? Yeah. How do I how did I make it to the NBA? Yeah. How did I make it to the NBA? He said that he was he his whole focus was man. Let me just see how good I can become. Um, as he was going to some of those camps in the surrounding areas. So that's what we want to focus on. Worried about oh, person's there. I got to meet them here. Um, he gave an example of LeBron James chasing the ghost of uh, of Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. or he's talking about uh, how they're still chasing. not happy. They're still not still happy. Not happy. Yes. So he literally gave you examples in all kind. Of, like he gave you some of the top players in the NBA. He told you LeBron, 
He's not happy because he's chasing the ghost of Michael Jordan. Steph, he's he wants health. He wants here. He wants his team to be healthy. He's got more to do. KD wants to get that ring by himself. James Harden, Giannis Antetokounmpo, they want to do it. Uh, they want to extend going farther into the into the playoffs. So these are just examples of what we're talking about. You're not going to find that happiness in continuing mm -hmm. to strive for things, for money, for that new position, for that new job. It's got to be, you've got to change your focus to uh, becoming, becoming the best version of yourself in whatever you're doing. If you're in the business field, becoming the best businessman or woman that you can be as a basketball player, which is kind of our focus here at IGI, becoming the best basketball player that you can be. So that, that, that would be my perspective on that. And that's, that's, I'm, all right, that's really, you talked about that because, and this ain't coming at, this ain't coming at these guys at these levels. It's not coming out, it's literally learning. If they got there and they're telling you they're dealing with this, what can yes. I learn to go down this route so I don't deal with that as well? This is why I'm so big on telling guys, yo, understand what you're dealing with. I love what he talked about. Most people don't count the cost to be a superstar. I don't get to have the normal, the normality that most people get in life. I don't no get the privacy. chance to go out and, and go forth and, you know, not everywhere I go, somebody asks for a picture. Everywhere I go, you know, that that blessed me, even him talking about that, because it keeps me keeping that in mind. Like, yo, you're going for things in life. You got to be prepared for this. How are you going to use this? This is why, this is why these positions aren't meant for those things because look at how many people you influence look how many people you impact and Hold if on, i'm motivating you look at how many people you influence and look at how mm. many people you impact and if i if i impact you and if i influence you to go down this route and look where that's leading thousands and thousands of other people so a lot of these people that are there, a lot of them don't know this, that why they're dealing with these mental health issues, why they're dealing with all these, because God set up these positions for this. The creator of this system set up these positions to do this. It's not him being like, you're going to deal with this. You're going to, no, it's just a malfunction. I, we use the phone. We use the same uh, analogy all the time. If you put water on a phone, Steve Jobs ain't tell you, oh, your phone ain't gonna work now. No, it just it just don't work, bro. It's gonna it's gonna mess up. It wasn't designed for that. Although now they may work up to one three feet or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but no, but okay, okay, perfect. Let's jump no, on it. No, 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 don't use it. Cause it will. It'll work for a little bit. That shows you the power that you got in you. That shows you the trueness of who you were created in. Whose oh image you, you are a guy. You are a creator, but are you creating according to the creator? Are you creating your own reality? Mm. Or are you creating the reality that was already set? Because if not, you'll be opposing God. You'll be opposing the God of this creation. And what that means is when you're opposing, now my covering is off of you. So now you got to deal with all this stuff. And this is what a lot of people are messed up and dealing with because they don't come in being taught the right way of what this actually is for. That's why I kept, I wanted, I wanted Drew. I wanted him to get out where he was getting out because he had to go. And I appreciate him for that. I appreciate him for that. Yeah. But at the same time, I wanted to touch on these to not leave everybody with, it's just gotta be this way. 
No, it's got to be that way if you if you choose that way. What did he say? I am the way to the truth, truth. to give you life. People always say life is hard. Life ain't hard. Mm. Death is hard. Mm. Life is God. If why would I? What's the point of doing this if life is hard? Life ain't hard. Life is God. So if I keep coming at it like this, it's jacking it all up. And I appreciate Drew for talking about that. Because one thing yeah. he kept talking about was keep the perspective in, in perspective. Yeah. You was 13. You wasn't wanting to get this money to get this money. What was you getting it for? To help others. Mm. So keep your perspective on helping other people. If you do that, you'll keep getting more of this. You'll keep getting more ideas. There's no way this dude is being a trainer for this long at this level if he does is not trying to help people. It don't work, bro. It don't no. work. I can tell. I, I can, not. bro. Me and, and you trained. And look where he came Go from. He, he broke. No, I mean, I, I, what you're saying is so key, man. Like <clears throat> the opportunity was there, and he had to meet up with the opportunity. But w when did he meet up with yeah. his opportunity? When he was with Brad. But what did he say he was doing before that? He was driving eight hours to go get the knowledge. He had to make up for the lost time that he had missed off, that he wasn't able to, he had to make up for that knowledge that these other people had just from living and experience. He didn't have the experience. He had just gotten into training. And he put in his part mm -hmm. and his opportunity came. And then he, he was did. Brad, and Brad was really the first guy to get him to, to blow up. Everybody was like, well, hold, hold on. For one time after his sophomore year in high school, and then obviously when he was the number three draft pick, and uh, where I was going with that was, oh, you're talking about how he's helping people. Um, that was his whole intention to start off. I was whole, well, actually, at first he wanted to get money for his car, but then he realized yeah. that. Yep. <laughs> then he realized, yo, I really love helping these people. And as he went along his journey, he realized how he could help them in other areas of their lives. And but we're coming with the perspective of keeping the Most High God above us, keeping that as our covering. And so it's an even more intentional um, direction that we're taking with becoming and helping others as we are uh, becoming. No, absolutely, it's absolutely. And I love, I love what, uh, I love what Aunt Rose just put on here, hours of that touch. It's real because you that gotta touch, put in- touch, yeah, that touch. That touch, <laughs> Either way, either way you gotta put in the time. What I mean by you gotta put in the time of submission Yep. You got to put in the time to go figure it out yourself, right? This is what people don't understand. They think that Drew just got up to this level just, oh, it just happened by chance. No, he put in the time and he put in the measure. But just like Drew's advice and his, his wisdom that can help the next generation, that wisdom that can help the next generation can help them save time, can help mm -hmm. them save they don't have to necessarily do 2,000 cuts. They don't have to necessarily do, yep. you know, eight hour drives and stuff. If I just sit down and listen and submit to the information that's been given to me, God's asking us to do the same thing. So I created thing. this. Yeah. I created this. If you submit to me, you want to get to this level, ask me. Anybody that lacks wisdom, ask. I'll give it to you. But will you submit? Because if I, if I give these things to you, don't look at this. And don't be a hearer of this word that I'm giving to you right now mm. and then not do it. You'll be like a man waving to and fro the sea that's been tossed by every wave going back and forth. Mm. You look crazy. And everybody looking at you like, what's the deal? Because you're not willing to do what that's supposed to be done. So that leads us into that next part where we talked about him, the kid, right? The 13 year old. 
Then we want to talk about, uh, what was the next part we want to talk about before we got to the last part? The last part I wanted to touch on was the, the fulfillment and the happiness and things like that. We'll jump there for right now. I'll come back to you. Y'all bring it back. But like, the, the philosophies of happiness, right? Peace and joy. I love what yeah. Drew talked about. Inner yeah. peace. The inner peace, yes. Right? You'll never be out really man. happy. He was flowing. Look, you'll never be out really happy at what you do. Mm. It won't happen. I remember being in Slovakia. Uh, this is at a tough time in my life. Very tough time. Um, and it was funny because I got a chance to, not funny, but it was just real. I got a chance to experience what true salvation was. Like I got sent away. But what I was asking for, a guy opened up a door for me, you know, go play, boom, boom, boom. And there I got a chance to just experience, Scott, you've had many of these experiences where it's just you and God there. You don't know no other language. You, know, you just got to hoop all day, that's it, go to practice. Yeah. But it's just you in your room. So what you gonna do, you gotta deal with all this stuff. I remember being on the phone and I was talking, I was talking to Ed Rowe actually, I was talking to him and I was like, man, the biggest thing I want, bro, I just want peace. Mm. I just want peace, bro. Like, I just want peace. I don't want nothing, I just want peace. Mm. I remember him telling me, you know, some things throughout that and how he did a wonderful job of helping me get that through that time. The biggest thing I learned was, I'm never gonna find peace out with Never gonna find mm, peace through this yes. game. Never gonna find peace through these points. Never. I have to become peace. Mm. I have to become peace. And I love how you talked about become, because you'll never get to these positions of exaltation, of all-star status, of you know wherever you're at in life and uh, wherever this, the situation is. You'll never get there and be peaceful or happy because you got there. It won't happen. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work and the reason why is because you cannot skip the process of manifestation first and then impartation. It don't work that way. You can't go outwardly to be peaceful in life. Those are fruits of the spirit. Those are fruits of the spirit of who you are, the creation within. You can't go outside to find love, to find joy, to find peace. You can't go outside to find patience, kindness, and goodness, faithfulness. You can't do that. That has to come from within. And what I want to encourage everybody is, yes, what he was saying was right. What he was saying was right. He was saying, there's guys up there that are not happy. You're not going to be happy as a pro player. You're absolutely right. You want to know why he's right? Because in that system of doing things, you're not going to be able to be happy like that and go against the way that it was ordered to do. Now, this is why I always encourage people to get into covenant. Don't just get up here and just through vows and oh God, if you do this, I'll do this. That's cool. That's cool. You got it. But eventually, why not just get the whole purpose of why you're here? And that's why I encourage people because in covenant, the promises of covenant with God, what is covenant? It's an actual relationship. So where now I'm not just dating you to get some. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually trying to be one. And as a as a result of me being one with you, I get everything that's in you. And you get everything that's in me. And everything that's in him and his family is what is it? There'll be no pain. There'll be no sorrow. There'll be 
crying no more. What's the sad end? What's the sad end of Revelations? But I forget. I don't. But it's talking about all the negative things that we run from that we don't like. Yeah. We don't like death. Yet we. Yet we've been taught to accept it. Mm-hmm. We don't like these things. Yet we've been taught it just comes a part of life. Why? No, it doesn't. It comes a part of death. Mm-hmm. It comes a part of death, not life, though. So that's what I want to talk about, bro, along the journey is, um, you know, you could talk to me, you've had many conversations about this, about fighting to get to that, right? I love what he said. He said, it's hard to uh, uh, break past yourself in that area. So it's hard to, you know, then the days where, you know, you're not, so he talked about me guys dealt with depression and things of that nature. You know what I mean? Um, me and you talk all the time, bro, about fighting past the way we've been taught to be to become, right? They call it the fight the good fight of faith, right? So just talking about how that is, how about you, man? Like, when did you realize for you, like, when did it click for you um, that these things, you'll never be there? Like, it'll never be a, a satisfaction in those in those positions in those things and when did you start to actually accept that man i can't actually have this good news that this is uh, this is possible i can't actually have the desires of my heart and everything be okay and perfection that's what he talked about perfection that's what it was perfection meaning hit the mark that's what i want to focus on perfection guys because what he said was true ain't nobody down here underneath that's going to be able to be flawless. Mm-hmm. Not happening. Not happening. It's already said and done. You got to go higher. And what I mean, go higher, hit the mark that you were created to be. That's the perfection that we're talking about. I'm not talking about the flawless stuff. I'm talking about the perfection of hit the mark. Because if you hit the mark, you will become flawless. So go ahead. <laughs> um. Yeah, so for me, so there's a couple times, but one of the first times that I realized Oh yeah, that's not gonna bring me peace. And I was actually talking with one of my teammates, shout Will Hatcher. Um, we were we were roommates together on one of the road trips, and we were just talking about our journeys. And uh, so, my first year I played, my first year pro. Well, even before that, when I was in college, you know, you get the the designer book bag. You see guys with yep. designer book bag and the designer like duffel. You're like, man, that, that, that's smooth. At least for me, I thought it was smooth. I was like, man, that thing, that looks so nice. So my first year pro, uh, you know, I, I played in the G League and I, I made 13,000 gross. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> so that ain't a, I mean, you can get a Gucci bag if you want with that, but you're not going to have some other thing. You're not going to have gas. Yep. <laughs> so I knew I was like, okay. You know, I'm not, I can't get I can't get down on this, and I think I, I think at the end of that, I probably made ten thousand dollars total for that whole season. And I saved six thousand dollars. So wow! I was, I was, but you I had was, to have some help, or you had to be eating from the cafeteria every day. Which one was it? I was grocery. <laughs> I was grocery shopping at the Dollar Tree. No lie, this the lady hated Man. us. Man, hey, humbleness like, though. You did it though. You did it. Humbleness. Yeah. I used to come in, I'm like, you guys still having that sale 10 for $10? She like, that joke's not funny anymore. You've been doing that for th- three weeks. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. 
But, hey, Scott uh, Boogie, real quick, as you keep going into the story, see if you can sign out and then sign right back in real quick because your your screen was uh, stopping on mine. I can hear you, but see if you can sign out real quick and sign right back in. All right. Okay, cool. That 10 for 10 is real, too. I'll keep I'll keep it engaged. Um, no, and, and that's super real. <laughs> what are you saying? Because most people don't understand in G League contracts, you have... Uh, you don't get paid that much. And most people think that once you make it to the NBA, you automatically become a millionaire too. That's not the case at all. There's only a few full-on millionaires in the league right now that have a million dollars of liquidation in their bank that they can go to. And even in that, that case, there's other responsibilities that you have as well. So I'm super glad that we're talking about this topic of uh, how do I keep the love of the game over the love of money because one thing with money is you got to keep it moving. It has to have a direction and a purpose to where you're putting it into. Because if it's not, then money will go stale. Like the money will uh, malfunction just like still water. Um, anybody that goes to a still water place, anybody that goes to still water, anything that goes to a lake or, you know, something that's still, um, the water stinks. It gets, it gets, you know, green and swampy and all type of thing. That's the same thing that happens with money. So a lot of people try to get to this position and and, and, and malfunction it. And the next thing you know, they're working for it instead of actually having it work for them. So I'm excited to hear uh, Scott Boogie's uh, you know explanation behind this 13,000, how he did that. That had to be Mr. Suggs that gave him some wisdom on how to do that. <laughs> that had to be. So let's see where Scott Boogie is um, along this way. But this has been a, a, a very, very powerful topic very very powerful topic um, and a lot of us don't really talk about a lot of us don't really talk about the the things that most superstars and most people deal with um, in these positions in the nba a lot of people don't talk about what they need to be able to count the cost for what they need to be able to think about and that's the whole thing that we're trying to do here at igi how to be a pro we're not trying to do that we we're trying to get we're we're giving opportunities for people to know what this comes with and how to actually do it. Looking back on my career now, I had all this from the jump. I had somebody doing this, what I'm doing right now, and that what me and Scott are doing right now for the next person. I had someone doing that for uh, for me. Now, whether I listened to it or not, you know what I mean, wasn't the case, but it's always good to be able to give back to the next generation because what it does is it allows opportunities to give back for things that we didn't necessarily have ourselves. And, and as long as they can have opportunity, we've done our part to help them understand that they, this is actually possible. So just hearing stories of Scott, even myself, I was in a situation where, um, you know, going through the journey as a pro, a lot of people don't understand as pros, we deal with a lot inwardly, but we've been taught to cover that stuff up outwardly, right? Just go out there and go hoop, go out there and put on this face, go out there and just go ball, right? Make sure you get the money, you'll be straight. But when you go home, a lot of people don't see what pros deal with on a regular basis. I'm gonna do this, my coach is tripping over here. You know, I'm dealing with family issues over here. I don't know if I'm gonna stay with this team anymore. I don't know how this thing is gonna work in this situation, I'm not sure. So all these type of things are set in place and it's very important to understand uh, what true love is, honestly. 
what true love is and who love is versus um, to help me get through this. Because like Drew said, there's always somebody out there that does love you, that does care for you, and that does keep his, uh, think about them when you're going through these things and why they put themselves into you. So super real. I'm not sure what's going on with Scott Boogie. I tried my best to, to carry the to carry the pod right now, but uh, I'm not getting anything back from him. I think this would be a great a great ending for right now, guys. Um, a little unorthodox on this show, but I did say about 20 more minutes or so, and we'll keep going forward. Scott Boogie, you know how much I love you, man. We're gonna have to just uh, maybe edit this and get you on the <laughs> get you on the outro of this. But again, we want to thank you guys. As we finish this thing out, all the things that I'm talking about, everything that I got, everything that I, all the wisdom that I got imparted from me, everything came from a lot of different people along the journey. Um, my mother, uh, my mom, rather, my mom, um, growing up, the men that helped me throughout, um, you know, AAU days, my coaches, so forth, uh, my dad, for sure. But none of this would be possible on this this particular situation and this platform, if it wasn't for uh, Dr. Anthony Roman and what he set up for us. Dr. Anthony Roman has moved on from training right now and he's moved on into helping people full time through what is called spiritual psychology, which is the study of what we're going over of these minds within and how they function, how they affect behaviors, attitudes, characteristics, so forth. So he has an opportunity for a university to set up if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be, uh, you know, a media personnel, if you want to be an actor, if you want to be a pro ball player, whatever you want to be, Epitomize University is set up to help you learn the psychology behind what it is you need to do to go into that so you can guarantee to be successful. So starting on May 17th, usually the services, because he's moved on, because of his value level, the services that he has usually cost $10,000 to speak with him. To, to, to the clients that he's worked with, the, the people that he's uh, helped along his time. So this year, because of this, the year of the tide, and because it's the year of the year of give back, you want to know more about what I'm talking about, check out weareguysimage.com. We meet every Wednesday and every Saturday at 6 a.m. Um, Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern time. We go over this. The Cockney Roman is taking people through this at Epitomize University, which is our partner company, he's taking people through how can they be successful and make and be predict perfect success, right? Perfect, tangible success. And the starting point of that and prosperity-wise with resources that about to start your own business, start your own uh, career out, to, to start your own, um, you know, independent contracting as you're coming into people is about $100,000. So this year he's trying to help as many people as possible know what does it take to produce $100,000 in your life this year. If he's going through it, it's only $100 a month. Uh, it's a 12 month commitment for only $100 a month, whereas usually this will be a $10,000 a month commitment. So this year, check it out. You guys can go to successepitomize.com slash epitomizeuniversity, or you can go to successepitomize.com slash our pages, me and Scott. Me and Scott have pages on there where um, you can actually scroll down and click and get, and get directly into this link on Epitomize University and go more into detail on the topics that we talked about today. We don't want you to just 
Go out there and hoop. Yeah, we want you to be the best player you can be. Go hoop, get as great a skill as possible. But we also want you guys to know how to use that platform properly and how to get the best out of your platform as possible for you. Um, and so you actually can, you know, fulfill the fullness of why you were created to be, or who you were created to be and become just as Scott was talking about. So check that out, guys. Success epitomized. We're super excited. It starts May 17th. Again, this deal is only going on this year, this opportunity, not this deal, this opportunity is on, only going on this year. We're super excited to help. The Success Epitomizer's goal this year is to help over, I think it's 30,000 people, I, I wanna say. I know, he, I know he's still watching this, he'll probably chime in a little bit. But to help over that many people. This is why we're having this opportunity this year. This is why we're having um, this, uh, output or this outlet rather this year to help as many people as possible because we want to see everybody reach prosperity and success prosperity in the resources but more importantly success in their life the things that drew was talking about tonight which was their inner peace which was their inner joy which is the inner love and experiencing what those things are as always you guys can check us out in our mentorship program at we are guys in slash igi how to be a pro we'll be going over a give and go section on this when scott's uh video is working again but i appreciate everybody jumping on here always remember guys imagine what you could accomplish if fear was not an option scott boogie i'm gonna talk to you like you here i love you bro and t jacks i'm t jacks i'm out i'll see you guys next weekend